0: there are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can light up your funnels. Let's go. This is Performance Marketing Insiders. I'm Chris Mechanic. Join me as we go deep into the secrets of the world's elite marketing minds. Performance Marketing Insiders is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Performance Marketing Insiders. I'm super excited for our guest today, Mr. Charles Groom. Charles is uh, a veteran marketer who's self taught, he's an entrepreneur type, and he's younger than many of our guests are typically, but he has rapidly ascended multiple organizations, winning like 30 under 30 awards. Um, And he's got a lot of interesting, uh, techniques and tactics. Currently, he runs marketing for biz2credit.com, which is a major player in the SMB loan space. So we're super excited to talk to him
1: today. Charles, welcome to the show. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having me on, sir, and excited to be with you here.
0: Awesome. So let's jump right into it. You know, we're all about secrets here. I would love to hear one of your biggest uh, performance marketing secrets that's driven or helped drive some of your success.
1: Yeah, we're all about performance uh, at my company, Biz2Credit. And you know, there are channels that are really profitable, especially in our industry. And most of the brands that I come across, most of the marketers, they don't even know about these channels. They're really not paying attention to the great opportunity that's right on their doorstep. So if you know PPC, if you know SEM, you know sort of CPM advertising... You Got to know about this channel. That's my secret weapon.
0: So there's secret channels. I love it. I, I mean, I like secrets in general. Sec- entire secret channels. I mean, tell me, like, can you tell us what it is or what they are?
1: Oh yeah. Well, this is it, it's affiliate marketing in the the modern day performance marketing age. And you know, the, there's a lot of history in this space, and a lot of folks go way back to like Web 1.0 in thinking about, you know, out, outbound linking and clickouts and a lot of ad fraud and things of that sort. But these days, there's a whole new crop of affiliate marketers who are doing things even better than what you see in the programmatic space in a lot of ways, uh, because it's all performance driven. And if you do it right, and if you're in my chair, like uh, you're at a brand and you're, you're trying to Double your performance um, without paying super inflated CPCs. You can work through these affiliate marketing channels, and really, y- you can uh, you can double your results for for not doubling your cost. So to me, that's and kind of one of the secrets. That I'm you know, so interested. So successful.
0: I'm so interested in this topic and very fun story. I actually got my start in affiliate marketing without knowing it. I didn't actually know the name of it. But uh, once upon a time, I'd started a website, a niche website, was writing a bunch of content, driving traffic, even buying some ads, but I would promote other people's products with a special link that they would provide. And then anytime somebody from my website went over to there and made a purchase, I would get a little commission. And I was making like a few thousand bucks a month at one point, which was for you know a young kid back in those days, not bad. So I love the affiliate channel. And I agree that most brands, I don't know if they don't know about it. Or if they just, cause there is like an, a shady underbelly kind of, when you say the word affiliate marketing in the UK, I think they call it like partnership marketing or something, but why do you think it is that this super profitable hundred percent performance based channel is not like all the rage?
1: I think the first, I I think that underbelly is a big part of it, but I think the first thing that kind of turns marketers off of it is it's just not talked about that much, right? Everybody's talking about Google and how much ad budget Google's going to get. Everybody's talking about online video. Everybody's talking about social media platforms. And if you're like me in the B2B space and you're, you're, you're trying to sell the small businesses, you know you, you might have a little bit here and there of influencer marketing top, to top it off. That's probably about as close as most folks would normally get to really thinking about affiliate. But it, what I've experienced at Biz2Credit is that when we really started tapping into it and looking for those partnership avenues, as opposed to just trying to bid competitively on, on search, um, especially, what we found is that when setting up the right kind of partnership arrangements with these affiliates, we can drive you know, double the results um, and, and really as, you know, as, uh, as we set our strategy out on a quarterly basis, a big portion of what we're looking at is what can we do in the affiliate space? It helps br- build brand reputation. It, it also drives direct traffic. And if you do it right, you can get these affiliates uh, that are your partners. You can get them to actually bid on a performance basis, just like you would on Google, just like you would on Facebook. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think... You know, the story there is probably just, it, it takes a lot more manual labor to do it right. You know, you can't just go to one DSP and have everything there for you in one place. It's, it's just, it's sort of in that, um, that state where there's no one central platform. And so it's not really touted as, you know, as the place where all digital marketing dollars should be going.
0: Yeah. Well, there are platforms, I think. There's this one that I heard of. What was it? Impact.com, yep, I want impact. to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but on the note, so for anybody that's not familiar with affiliate marketing, it's basically this idea that says, hey, anybody that's got a website or that's got an audience can come and grab a special link from our site, promote it to their audiences and get paid every time that a transaction happens with from that particular link or that source. But what's so funny is that nobody's doing it, A, well, some, but not many. Um, Anytime I see a brand doing it, I'm like, okay, they're pretty savvy. They must be, you know, kind of hip to some of these things. Um, But then B is that it's not all the rage. Like you don't see people clamoring for it. While you, what you do see people clamoring for is influencer marketing, right? Right. It's like making, it's like in every publication, it's like the the new hot thing. But isn't that almost like isn't that basically affiliate marketing? Except instead of paying on performance by transactions, you're like paying on by post or by whatever you're. Paying yeah, by. yeah.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you're, you're you're working with somebody who is you know taking your ad dollars, so they're affiliated with you in that respect. They're just not, as you said there, they're not driving that performance result uh, that you might get from some of your direct response channels. And if if you're in, in the B2B space, you know, these influencers, it, it can be a waste of time, you know, trying to find somebody that actually has a following among small business owners, and is going to actually put your message out there in the right way. It's tough. I mean, we, we have tried it. And what we found is that, especially folks that are searching and researching financial products, they're going on Google still, they're still using the classical mechanism of, you know, Awareness dis- sort of consideration and then decision in the classic framework that, that we all learned kind of growing up in the industry and you want to be there at each of those touch points in as many places as possible you want to have a paid ad you want to have an organic ad and if you can get it if you can be ranked if you can be listed you want to be in those those listicles as well so yeah. kind of that 360 degree search based Affiliate marketing is what you know. I think mo- more people in B two B are probably missing out on. And I can tell you from my own experience, you know, when I started at at the company, this wasn't something that we were really doing much of at all. You know, five five six years ago, mm-hmm. um, it's really kind of taken off in, in the last three four years. And even during COVID, uh, I mean, this was a this was a significant area because, at least in our industry, small business owners they were so panicked about what was going on and where could they get reliable information. So these, these online sites that just provided a reliable resource to say, yeah, this guy, this company can provide you with a PPP loan, or this other company is helping you with, uh, you know, uh, SBA finance, those kinds of websites, they're doing a real service. You know, they're, they're helping the, the customer kind of sort through their, very wide range of options. And you yeah, want to, you want to be there. You want your brand to be there. Yep. So I have a hundred questions to ask you. And uh
0: unfortunately we have a limited amount of time. But real quick before we transition to something else, I would like to give the audience something actionable on affiliate uh marketing and affiliate programs. Um and imagine that it's somebody that's like kind of knows the the general sense of what affiliate is, but like has never really considered or tried to put one together. Sounds like you've seen successful and unsuccessful attempts. So what would you say are like, if you were to give us a three minute masterclass or one minute or however many minutes you want masterclass on basically how to set up a good, proper, high performing, high quality affiliate marketing program, like what, what are
1: some of the big things you've learned? Yeah, I, I think the first thing is audit yourself. Because your own search account, and I'm going to just start with search because it's, it's where you should start. Let's, let's put it that way. So audit, your, audit yourself. Look at your own search accounts. Who are you cross bidding with? What are, the, what are the websites out there that don't directly offer your product, but are still showing up on the keywords that you're bidding for? Those are natural affiliate opportunities for you right there. Because they're already try- paying to be there. They're paying to be there. In fact, they're eating away at your profits little by little the longer that you're not working with them. Because as much as, you know, if your bid right now is $10 and somebody else comes into the space and is bidding 12 and it's pushing you down in the this, in SERP this rankings, you're suddenly having to bid 12, 13, 14. That company, if they're not a direct competitor, they're somebody that you want to be working with because you can get the traffic that they're paying for um, and you might, if you do it right and you manage your costs the right way, ultimately you'll actually be able to get sort of more than what you otherwise would, would get out of your, your search account. That's really Conver- interesting. Conversion way. rates so can be higher and so on.
0: So that's a way to prospect for good affiliates by looking at like the auction insights and the who oh, else yeah. is already showing
1: up. That's yeah, not a direct so, competitor. Right. So start with that. And then what you've got to do is I, I, at least the way I've always approached it is, you start with your top three and you, you try to negotiate in parallel so that you can get a strong sense of what the market is actually going to bear. What are the rates? What's an effective CPC? And make sure you get specific with these guys. You know, In your industry, mobile traffic may be more valuable than desktop traffic. You know, make sure that you're bidding with the affiliate at the right level of granularity. If you need them to do filtering before they send you a, a paid click, Make sure you let them know about it up front. Have those conversations. Now, Chris, you mentioned that there's these platforms these days that will help you set all of this in motion. So you can look into a platform like an impact uh, or there are are others out there as well that will bring all these affiliates into one dashboard where you can negotiate through a digital interface. But don't be afraid of going old school as well and just reaching out to them one-on-one. Most of these websites have got a a simple email address you can reach out to and and someone will get back to you you because you're offering ad dollars uh, for, for their benefit. And then the other thing that I'll just call out that folks should pay attention to is don't shy away when an affiliate who you've come across has an organic offering as well. Look into the possibility that you might do a profit or revenue sharing model with the affiliate as opposed to just paying on a cost per click. That can actually help you scale and you might end up, depending on your industry, you might end up with an even stronger position um, profit-wise because you're only paying when you've actually closed new business. Uh, that, there are a lot of affiliates that are open to that model and uh, you can sort of set up your, your contracts so that there's different payouts for different outcomes and incentivize the affiliate to really give you the right quality of traffic, you know, not just uh, sheer numbers.
0: Interesting. Yeah, those are both interesting. So when I think affiliate program, or at least before, I would think more of like a larger recruiting effort, but you like to go fi- identify like basically the two or three whales
1: and, and reach out to them directly.
0: Yeah. I it, also. It,
1: oh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, again, just on that point, I mean, absolutely, I want to have a direct relationship with these affiliates the best that I can from a marketing standpoint, because the other thing that I want to be able to do is I want access to their marketing department. I want to work with them through an API, if possible. I want to set up that full cycle of attribution so that I know for sure that my dollars spent with the affiliate are just as efficient as my dollars spent on my, my own direct business so yeah if it's a if they're a significant player, if they're showing up in your auctions you know fifteen twenty percent of the time, then I would definitely try to engage them directly.
0: now, the types of companies just real quick on that that you would try to engage would be would they be of the kind of aggregator variety like or like or would you i guess would you only reach out to companies that like already have affiliates or say that there's like some, some credit union, some random credit union that is showing up in the, in the auctions for whatever reason. And they don't seem to really have any structure of that. Like, would you reach out to them and say, Hey, would you consider this? Or are you only really reaching out to folks that have
1: established like programs already? We At biz credit we do take partner marketing quite seriously. It's, it's one of our three top channels. So when we think about the, you know, like you're talking about all these other kinds of organizations out there that maybe they don't have a formal program, maybe they have no program at all to, to speak of. Um, that doesn't mean that they're not potential partners for, for right. a company like ours. So we absolutely will engage with with significant players in our industry of all types, even some that might compete with us. Uh, we've found that we can partner with them in in areas where we may not perfectly overlap. So you know our products may compete at a certain credit score, but under or above that, the products may diverge, and that represents opportunity, right? Opportunity for us to refer them business. Or for them to refer us business, so being open to that as somebody in the marketing chair is is key. And you know, for the first few years that I worked at Vista Credit, um, I was really tasked. One of my primary responsibilities was developing our partner marketing channels, and thankfully, these days we've got a, an entire team that is helping to do partnership development for us. So we really carve it up into. The traditional affiliate marketing that I'm referring to, search and aggregators, but also we work with enterprise brands where we're trying to do brand affinity partnerships. Um, You know, if to think of a good example of this, that would be American Airlines and Bank of America. They might do a partnership for a credit card. Same kind of idea works in our industry. And then we've also got, you know, there's a whole avenue of what you know, we were talking about earlier about influencer marketing, there's a whole cohort of advisors to small businesses that we focus on. And and we actually do direct marketing to those folks Mm -hmm. uh, for different opportunities, because they're looking to assist their clientele. And and we're one of the suppliers that they can work with. So it, it can get real complex like that, as you think about this bigger ecosystem of partner marketing. So
0: one last thing on affiliate and partner before we zoom out just a little bit is, um, so how do you, sorry, this is like super micro and logistical, but how are you tracking all this stuff? Like, do you have an insight or is it just spreadsheets and sticky notes or like, how, how do you keep track of all these relationships? Yeah. You need
1: attribution in order for the affiliate channel to be effective for you. You really have to be on top of your attribution model. And uh, that is both because that affiliate is going to demand it of you, and also because you want to know it for yourself. You want to know, how many dollars did I spend with this affiliate? How much revenue did I generate out of that affiliate on a monthly basis? For us, we're running all of our affiliates through unique tracking pages so that we're able to capture at the point of conversion and going forward into the future. We're able to capture exactly what they've brought us and then we go and we analyze every month we're looking deep into the data to figure out what are the industries that are trending what are the credit qualities what are the keywords that are leading users from these affiliates over to our site and how does that also compare to our direct or organic marketing activities and so we're benchmarking and i would i would advise marketers to look at their whole funnel And pick that point in the funnel where sales and marketing have a handoff. And that is the point in the funnel that you want to really drive as your affiliate's KPI. So for us, that's an approved loan. If I can demonstrate with that closed loop reporting, if I can demonstrate to my affiliate partner that their cost for us to get an approved loan is higher than what I could spend on my search marketing and and get the same approved loan. Then I have great leverage with that affiliate because I if they don't perform, I can take that budget right away from them and put it into more efficient channels. So I, definitely, you know, to to that point about being able to uh, to kind of really measure the effectiveness, you you have to have that framework built out from day one before you get into real uh, really scaling this up and, and spending a significant portion of your dollars on affiliates. Yeah, we'll have to do a different session on
0: that. It sounds like. But what system do you use? Like, where do you go to
1: check to see how
0: much revenue you've gotten from a certain affiliate?
1: Yeah, so we, I mean, we're using BI systems. We've got a couple of different ones for different purposes. There's a financial reporting dashboard. There's a marketing performance dashboard. We're in the Amazon Web Services cloud, and so we're using a lot of their, you know, proprietary technology that. Uh, you know does data transformation and then we use Microsoft uh, you know we're Outlook and Power BI driven so uh, so Power BI is sort of our visualization preferred visualization tool but yeah, you know yeah. what we're also doing so you've, you've built your own rig basically we certainly yeah we we may be more sophisticated in that respect than a lot of folks would want to be you know you can do the same thing with just a native instance of, of HubSpot or Marketo though and that's the beauty is. As long as you've got the ability to tag the, the traffic that you're generating from these affiliates and re-engage that traffic over time, you can have that full funnel closed loop reporting. The one thing I will say though is, and this this is what makes the affiliate channel a little bit more uh, of a black diamond level uh, ski slope for for some marketers is getting an API integration between your CRM and the affiliates. Uh, advertising platform, that integration could be the best investment that you make when it comes to affiliate marketing. Because if you can give transparency to the affiliate about which customers are actually, in our case, taking fundings or in, in anyone else's case, you know, uh, checking out or making a real purchase, if you can give them that transparency back, then they're going to keep sending you the most relevant traffic that's going to convert higher. Your cost to acquire is going to go down, and you're going to show really excellent results. So it is that advanced step there, Chris, to just get to that next level. But if you can, I really do recommend it.
0: I like that black diamond level marketing. Um, So the API is mostly to be able to feed data back to the affiliate in
1: real time or close. Yes. Yeah. And there are some affiliates where you can partner with them and, and actually get them to do a lot of your heavy lifting in customer data collection upfront, and then securely connect that data through API back to your system. But we tend to prefer doing all of the data capture on our side to make sure that it sort of meets our, our standards. And it also plugs into our CRM routing better. But even so, providing that transparency back to the partner of what's working is going to, you're going to hold them accountable and they're also going to really appreciate it. Right. So it's going to give you more leverage in the partnership. Um, and, and it should drive your results better as well. We've certainly seen that. I mean, our, our improvements, I would say year over year in, in the affiliate channel, since we got these, uh, these integrations set up are 30% plus in, in some of our channels.
0: Wow. That's amazing, dude. Um, fun fact. I bought a Tesla recently there's a point to this story when you buy a Tesla you can there's like a login you can go to you know manage whatever they have an affiliate program and they call it the the breadcrumb the thumbnet or the nav call it it says loot box so you go into your loot box <laughs> and it's like you haven't referred anyone yet here's your magic link. Yeah. Right. Yep, so they provide yep. every Tesla user with that link. And then they had like some details about, but so I, I saw that I posted it on LinkedIn. I was like, every company should have an, an affiliate yeah. program. Yeah. Nobody liked it, but I got like 500 impressions. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> dude. Dude. Um, well, so let's zoom out real quick. For sure. I want to hear about a little bit about more about you and biz to credit and just your rise to the top there like if i when i look at your linkedin it's like promotion 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 um you mentioned that you started off on affiliate and partnership but how did you get like into that position so quickly there
1: Uh, i really now your role is broader i know oh absolutely well from from day one of biz to credit you know i i joined the company as a director of marketing uh back in 2018 and you know, at that point in time, we were sort of in a transitional phase as a company. The company was founded in 2008. And um, we've gone through a couple of iterations and life, life cycle changes, I would say, since our founding. But we still operate like a startup. It's one, of the, it's one of the great things about working here is that the organization has got immense resources. You know, all of the power that we had going into the Paycheck Protection Program, for example, all of these technology resources I was talking about before, but we still operate in a manner that's really fluid and flexible. And, and that as a marketer, I find that to be really just incredibly valuable to have in, in uh, a company that you're working for. So when I joined in 2018, that was the environment that I was stepping right into. You know, it was a roll up your sleeves, do anything that you can to make the business succeed. And at that time, affiliate really wasn't on the table in the way that that we were just talking about. you know this is something that we've evolved into. but what it started out with was that enterprise brand affinity partnerships and we had so much great success working with these enterprise partners developing exclusive uh, relationships with them and serving their clients at a really, really effective, high rate uh, of, of success that it was a natural extension for us to say, what else can we do in this partnership channel? What are the other ways that we could take advantage of this great model that we built and working with other companies? How can we grow that? And as a result, how can we you know, accelerate our, our overall business results? So that's really how affiliate marketing in the first place came to be for us, mm-hmm. was as a result of having that great success in more of the brand affinity and enterprise partnership space. Uh, but you know my team, from day one, we've really been comprehensively focused on everything marketing for the company. And these days, that expands across three different product lines. You know, there's biz to Credit, which is small business finance. but there's also our technology company and and that is uh, Biz 2x, which takes our lending software and licenses it to other lenders, banks, credit unions, community, financial institutions, uh, anybody who wants to offer loans to small businesses can use our technology now. And so that has become a whole, basically a, a marketing challenge unto itself of yeah. how, do we, how do we now stand up and scale up a, uh, a marketing operation for a SaaS company within a fintech? Uh, so you, you, we've got you know, just so many things to work on here at business at credit uh, there's there's incredible opportunity and I think for me that's that's what it has come down to as far as you know you acknowledge some career progression uh, you know on, on my part that's really what it goes back to is just being in an environment like what we've got here that gives you that opportunity and as much of that opportunity as you can take on and you know build a team around and and you know drive real performance um, there's The sky really is the limit for us here in 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 terms of continuing that and and continuing to grow in your career. Yeah,
0: and what are some of like either your biggest challenges or opportunities? Like, what's taking up the largest share of your mind right now?
1: Yeah, so I think a huge part of my mind share is always going to be performance. You know, we're we have been from day one an advertiser that's focused on. Uh, generating response and generating opportunities for our sales organization. And so that's never going to change. You know, that is that is like the, the reptile brain of Biz2Credit is always going to be about what are we doing in marketing to make sure that we're getting our message out to small businesses and that people are applying for, for small business finance opportunities. So that's, I think, always a, a big part of what we do. But increasingly, I think with our position in the market having evolved so much in the last couple of years, increasingly my concentration it has shifted to include brand and, uh, you know, and, and also life cycle in, in a more significant way than ever before. You Business know, to credit is successful because our customers are great fans of ours. We have an amazing uh, presence online with customer reviews. We get so many repeat customers, our, our lifetime value of a customer is really high, um, you know which means that that just gives us more opportunity in marketing to you know spend a little bit more aggressively, right because we know that once we get that customer, we've got them for a long time and, and for a lot of value. So to us, that's you know that's sort of the trifecta, right? There's a performance aspect, there's a loyalty aspect, and, and then what derives from both of those. Uh, on my department is, is going to be the brand piece.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I'm seeing brand uh, more and more the performance team getting involved in brand and vice versa. And I actually, I had Larry Kim on the podcast uh, a while back from WordStream, mm-hmm. and he's just like a growth hacking genius. But oh, yeah. I asked him for his big secret and he was like, dude, brand is the ultimate growth hack and he and he said essentially that and just think granularly like brand search volume like how many people are searching for biz to credit each month google has access to that data facebook and you know all the other algos like have some kind of brand trust metric that's probably based on volume mhm so the long and short of his spiel was basically hey if you can grow your brand search volume then you get that built-in trust and authority across all of the
1: different channels that are AI-driven. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching something that was probably a couple of years ago at this point, but it was making the same point. Like the fact that Google is now significantly indexing against branded search in a way that's not so transparent to all of us advertisers, but that's really influential. And we, I will tell you, I think we have seen that effect, you know, pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. Biz to Credit is a case study in this exact point about the importance of brand. Before the pandemic, we, we rebranded the company to its current, uh, its current design, visual language, and, and you know, the, the way that we present on our website. We rebranded all of that just like literally three weeks before COVID shut everybody down. And from that point forward, we've been kind of our new selves in brand identity. But we hit the ground hard in COVID with all of the content that we were putting out about small business owner uh, opportunities, how to get access to capital, and then the Paycheck Protection Program. Because of all that organic content, we became the number one fintech lender in that initiative around the whole country. That's out of over 5,300 lenders. So that kind of, you know, start from step zero and go to step fifty um, experience, and and I'll tell you this much as well: it has sustained in organic search. We remain one of the top, you know, small business lenders that are discovered by brand name, uh, whether whether it's brand or long tail. Um, and so I think that it sort of proves out the point that you're making that you know the the AI. When you've got that trust factor that's built into a brand and people are actually looking for it, that's going to give you uh, a step up in terms of the non-branded search or the other activity that you're seeing. Lower your CPCs on, on SEM. It's going to increase your CTRs on organic. Um, can't vouch so much for Facebook at this point, but you know I, I think the, the story just kind of holds that there is this, this extra rising tide that you get as your brand becomes better known and and more significant in the industry
0: watch soon we'll start seeing everybody on their display ads and their ads in general to see they'll change the ctas from like apply today to like google search for biz to credit right yeah <laughs> google search biz to credit apply <laughs> that could,
1: if, if we start doing that that could be the secret on our next interview uh, it, change right. the cta
0: <laughs> nothing to do with real world partnerships folks just change the language on your display ads no i'm just kidding of course yeah. Yeah. cool man well you are a very impressive dude um, we have a couple minutes left. We've learned a lot from you. I'd like to learn just a little bit more about you. Like, how, like take us back to Charles, the kid. How did you become you? how did you get into the space? Take us on that chronology story real quick.
1: Yeah, well, I think it all, it all kind of starts when I was growing up, I, I used to hang out with my dad at his, his ad agency office. And I think the marketer in me really was born back then. Um, just being around the industry, you know, going way, way back. And I've always had uh, just a, a fascination with ideas and theories. And so, I, you know, in college, I studied philosophy. And I feel like the world of marketing these days is where all of that is coming together. You've got this creative power that exists in branding and design. But you've got to mix that with this analytical, performance-driven, business results-oriented attitude um, that's very entrepreneurial. And I think something about that you know, combination of factors is what really drove me you know, to, uh, to, to take this career path and, and then to pursue it you know, to the extent that I've had, I've had the opportunity, especially you know, here at Biz2Credit. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of where, where I, I come from you know, as a, as an origin story. Of course, you know, I'll share some of the details, I guess. I grew up in New York. I've stuck around here for uh, you know, the first decade of my career as well. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, kind of split. Uh, we, we lived in the city growing up, but then I also moved out to the suburbs. Uh, so I had a little bit of uh disrupted experience in that sense as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an athlete growing up, you know, love baseball and soccer. Uh, I think, you know, the stats uh, in baseball help you as a marketer getting in, yeah. right? Just kind of getting interested and and looking at that performance side of things. Um, so I always had an affinity for that. But, you know, like I said, the thing that really drew me into the industry was the, the way that you get to work with ideas day in and day out. And, you know, the marketing department to me is really the, it's the, the brain of the company. It's about thinking through what is the company trying to say? What are we, how are we trying to convey that? And, and what's the best way for us to actually get that done? You know, is it the right hand or the left hand uh, for, for this particular initiative that we want to do? Um, yeah. So a lot of folks, you know, I, I, I get a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about folks that think of marketing as like the arts and crafts department. In my mind, you know, even in the old days, even in those John Wanamaker days where we didn't know what half of advertising was working, and there was no such thing as affiliate marketing, my personal view is that the marketers were the ones that were driving the business. You know that really the ability to get your message out to your customer the right way, the best way possible, uh, is is what brings the cash in the door, what keeps the lights on, and you know, what keeps ultimately what keeps everybody happy. And I think there's, I mean, I think there's so many stories that prove that out. It's, um, you know, it's kind of on us as marketers to, to, to reinforce that and, you know, carry that flag. Uh, cause I think there's a lot of folks out there who, you know, kind of put the CMO off to the side, uh, maybe downplay the role that, that we have a little bit more than, than they should.
0: Totally. Yeah, I mean, up until a few years ago, the idea of a of the CMO was a joke. There was I saw some uh, some stat that was like seventy eight percent of CEOs don't trust their CMOS to, oh, to sure? drive real business outcomes. But there's been an absolute evolution in that role where the the stakes are a lot higher, the seat at the table is a lot bigger, um, and it's probably well all of the seat. C- all the C-level roles are challenging in their own ways, but it could very well be the most difficult because of, because yeah, you're expected to be able to come up with a beautiful ad concept, a compelling offer, you know, all the way down to, so it's, it's total left brain, right brain. Like you need the, the emotion, the EQ and the IQ to like come up with something compelling that people will like. And then the data and the technical chops to be able to actually, activate it manage you know measure it manage it it's very technical i mean it it gets pretty complicated pretty quickly
1: i mean i i think back to when i was in a freshman in college right like in those days people would laugh oh there's a social media uh this social media thing we need to put an intern on it well now that channel facebook has eaten the world Mm -hmm. and like all of the ad dollars are going to like three platforms <laughs> and they're they're all in that in that ecosystem. So to me it's like the the story, you know, the, the onion has been peeled back, the story's getting revealed finally. And I, I think, you know, to your point about how the CMO's been undervalued historically, I think I saw a stat that of all the C level roles across the Fortune 500, it's the CMO that's the least tenured, meaning that they spend the least amount of time in their role, they've got the most volatility. You know, they're always always at risk. If they're not performing, they're out the door within a quarter. Um, it's, a, it's a very dynamic world that we're living in as, as marketers. Bringing able, like you said, being able to bring that performance experience as I think the, the central core of what you're doing is the way to gain the trust of the CEO, you know, and earn that seat at the table. And I would just encourage, you know, marketers out there to really think about how are you perceived in the eyes of a a board director? How are you being perceived in the eyes of your CEO? Do they trust you as a business partner, as an entrepreneurial, uh, you know, uh, somebody who can really support them in growing the business? Or do they look at you as a liability, as somebody who you never know what they're going to say, or uh, you never know if they're actually... Doing real work and actually driving results, or, or they're just making it seem like that. Um, yeah. And I, I I think that's I think that's key for folks in our chairs to just be aware of and more conscious of. You know, this is um, this is our time to rise as a, as a, as a discipline. Um, you know, IT had its chance thirty years ago. <laughs> I, yeah. I I think uh, finance has had its chance as well. A lot of CFOs have been you know, making that move into the CEO chair. I, I think the time is coming where it's marketers, the people who can integrate both sides, creative and analytical, bring them together and, you know, and, and become the leaders in, in companies.
0: 100%, man, 100%. Well, we're running close on time. I want to be sensitive to your time. This has been awesome. I think it's going to come out great. Let's do the grab bag. You ready? Here we go top three books or
1: educational resources that have impacted you? So it's I'm going to go with one instead of three, but it's because it's, it's like 10 books in one. Even it's brand, brand thinking is the book. I'm blanking on the author. I'll just look it up as, we're, as we're talking here. But brand thinking is such, and it's, it's 10 years old at this point. Um, the book is by, uh, by Debbie Millman, and it's a collection of interviews with some of the best marketers, best designers, best creative directors in the Love industry. Uh, and I know it's a little bit, it's a little bit old now. It's, you know, it's from early in the teens. It's like 2012, I guess, is when it was published. But that stuff just does not go out of style. And you know, I've, I've been quoting it for months ever since I, I picked it up you know, at the start of the year. Um, the stuff in there is just so relevant to all of us in marketing.
0: Awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. I love the oldie ebook goodies that like, don't go out of style. Um, next up, if you were to start a side hustle, what would it be? Or maybe if you already have one.
1: Ah, so the side hustle question, I keep an, I keep a, literally, I have an account on Microsoft to do, and I put in all of the startup ideas that I would found one day when I have enough time or enough money or maybe both. Um, uh, but a side hustle because it's not a it's not a full blown company. I, I'm I'm an athlete at heart. I love sports. I think I would try to find something in like you know performance coaching or or some kind of like you know uh, fitness training or, or I'm a, I'm a golfer. I admit it. So if I could find a way to like do that as a side hustle and you know maybe do like a a YouTube channel, a training channel or something like that for golf. I would definitely get into that.
0: Nice. And then if you could zoom back to your 18-year-old self and do one thing different other than buy shares of like Tesla or Amazon,
1: what would it be? I, I, th- I, I had to answer this question recently about what's like the advice you would give your 18-year-old self. And, y- you know, it's kind of a cop-out in, a, in, in some ways, but I would I would say work a little bit harder. Back then, you know, I took a lot of things for granted. I had a certain amount of intellect growing up, and I, I was able to just sort of skate over some things back then that it's taken me into like, you know, my late 20s to really understand them. And if I'd just taken the time when I was 18 or, or, or 19, uh, I know I would have gotten them so much better, you know, and been able to really use that knowledge. And You know, that's, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a simple answer, but it's really true. Like the things that I regret the most are, would be the things that I didn't really commit the time to doing properly, doing well. Um, Yeah. And I, I think just, you know, really from a, from an educational standpoint, there's so many opportunities you have at that age that you're not necessarily, you're not necessarily sure which ones are worth it and worth the effort. So you might, you know, mail it in here and there, uh, as, as opposed to just giving a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. So that would be my piece of advice to, to 18 year old me. Such as Bitcoin. I think would have well, been a that, good idea to learn in, about. <laughs> in, inventing Bitcoin would have been a good yeah. idea. Or, right. you know, we're in, we're in the finance industry here in business credit. So I, I won't say too much more about how blockchain might figure into things. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, man. Well, this has been amazing. Uh, If you're listening and you like this or you learned something, why not drop us a like, a comment, share with your friend, Charles, let everybody know how they can learn more about you and or Biz2Credit.
1: Well, check out Biz2Credit, biz2credit biz2credit.com. That's B-I-Z number two, credit.com. You can check out our software too, Biz2X, uh, same spelling, but with an X instead of credit. And then you can find me on LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Uh, It's just LinkedIn, Charles Groom with an E. And you can visit my website, charlesgroom.com. Again, that's C-H-A-R-L-E-S, Groom, G-R-O-M-E.com. Yep. And we'll include all that in the show notes, which
0: you can probably find somewhere posted around this video. And that's a wrap, folks. Until next time, we will see you very soon. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at performancemarketinginsiders.com. This podcast is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the performance agency that makes you smarter, offering AI-driven search, paid social analytics and conversion rate optimization for financial services, health, B2B, and SaaS brands that know. Hey guys, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, you can get a performance marketing assessment for free. And this isn't some cookie cutter automated report. It lays out detailed, specific things you can do right now to unlock limitless growth and Nirvana level personal satisfaction. To claim your free assessment, just go to performancemarketinginsiders.com slash audit, and you'll have your customer report within just a few days.